Hello and welcome to episode two of our Be Inspired podcast. I'm Greg Deek and I'm based at the Lupton office over in Slack. In each episode, we'll bring you some of the lead experts from the world of SEM. This time round, I'm joined by Professor Sean Duggan, the Chief Executive of the NHS Confederation's Mental Health Network. Today's topic is something a lot of us can relate to, and that is mindfulness whilst being stretched in your role. Now, without any further ado, I'd like to pass you over to Sean. Sean, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this podcast, which I must admit I'm looking forward to. I'm Sean Duggan. I am a clinical advisor to Willisack, and I'm also a former mental health nurse and uh, an NHS manager and leader. Currently, I run the Mental Health Network for the NHS Confederation. And this session is about mental health well-being for people who are stretched. Uh, so for people under pressure, uh, staff, uh, employees in, in, in our organisations, um, what do we do about our mental health well-being? And there's two prongs to so this is what we can do to help our mental health well-being of ourselves, but also um, tips for the organisation. Uh, and some remarks, reflections on the culture of of an organisation that's um, that 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 is positive about the mental health well-being. I'm really pleased to do this because this is something that we've not really addressed in years gone by. Um, we've certainly thought thought about, and we've certainly acknowledged the physical health of our employees. And we've had occupational health departments, and there's health insurances, etc. Uh, and usually mental health really wouldn't have been seen, certainly wouldn't have been equal, equal uh, seen as equal to physical health. And my view and the view of a lot of us that are working in this area is that met, there's no health without mental health. Um, there's a direct interrelationship between you know, physical well-being and your mental health well-being. We know for sure, plenty of evidence, the more you look after the mental health, your mental health, the better your physical health will, will be. And... Um, why are people under pressure at the moment? Um, now, there's always pressure and stresses at work. So this is nothing new. Um, stress and anxiety at work really is nothing new at all. It's always been with us. But there's a particular issue at the moment. And, of course, it's related to the pandemic and, and COVID-19. Why are people under pressure? Well, people are under more pressure. People are feeling more anxious and depressed, certainly more anxious because of the uncertainty that COVID has done for us over the last couple of years. Uh, change in routine, we've all had to accept a change in routine. I know you're working within the education area in schools and we've had stop for education, start, stop, start. A lot of you haven't stopped, but there has been a change in routine. Um, and also in our just sort of our, our, our home um, environment, we have had to change things because COVID is, has knocked us. It's just really been quite a, a significant public health issue and it's affected every single family um uh, covid uh, has affected us uh because people have got ill as some of you will have had covid some of your families will have had covid and that that should us also the effects of long covid which is related to mental health well-being the physical symptoms we know more about and we're getting an understanding of the mental health implications the psychological implications of long covid which are real. So we need to be aware of this for ourselves our, and our staff, our colleagues at work. We've got family pressures. You know, we've got more loss, more bereavements. We've got more people being ill. We've had more people being ill. 
we've had uh, an issue around job uncertainty, people being furloughed, and household pressures have been under pressure. Uh, we thought the economy might be slightly worse than it is, so thankfully it's not as as bad as we had projected. However, family family budgets are under under uh, pressure at the moment and will continue to be so fuel costs going up, taxes going up. This all really matters and has effects on people's mental health well-being for absolute sure. And your colleagues at work will be feeling this to an extent in different levels. Um, and of course, there's the global threats. Um, you know, you turn on the news every day and there are issues around food shortages and energy shortages and uh, and lots of job vacancies, et cetera. And uh, there's really quite pressures. And, and, and people do get affected. We all get affected uh, by by this sort of consistent bad news stories. And the advice that everybody gives you is, is limit that, um, you know, during the day. Um, don't have the news on all the time. Don't keep uh, looking and uh, receiving bad news. It is about balance. Make sure you have enough time for the joys and good positive things in life. It really does matter. Um, so that's, that's why people are under pressure. I think the main themes I would say is look after yourself. At the end of the day, people, of course, you've got family, you've got people around you that love you. You've got supportive managers, I hope, and a uh, good culture. I know you've got a good culture and a bit of slack, um, but it, you do need to look after yourself. We know that a culture of fears and silence around mental health well-being in an organisation is very costly to the organization. So we, we have to have a culture where we can speak out, we can be very open about the effects that we're having at the moment and the effects to our mental health. And if we're experiencing poor mental health, we, we all have a responsibility to ensure there's a culture to speak out and to be able to talk supportively to our employers, to our managers and to occupational health or whatever it might, whatever it might be. That research was conducted by MIND. Um, that I think the sort of main factors for me is look after yourself, give out to people, be generous with your emotions to people, always ask people how they are at work and mean it when you're asking that and have, try to have a positive outlook in life because the more positive you are is just a basic factor that uh, the probably more goodness in life will come your way. Uh, it's difficult to uh, be positive the whole time at the moment, as I said earlier, there's things that are going on, but um, if you can step back, reflect on it, and try to have a positive outlook, it does help you in the long run with your mental health. Um, why would we be interested in the mental health well-being? Well, it's the right thing to do. It clearly is as important as physical mental health, and there's a huge cost to the economy if we don't look after. Uh, so people running with a slack who are doing a, a really good job, there's um, a great um, return on investment, a great business case to have a culture whereby the mental health well-being of your staff is of paramount importance. I think for individuals, it's have an idea of how to manage your own mental health. There's plenty of advice. I'll come on to some of it in a minute, some, some tips and what have you, but there's plenty of advice on the internet. Just Google mental health well-being at work and there's plenty of guidance and advice from very reputable organisations such as mine, NHS England. Uh, Deloitte and all, all sorts of organisations have, have researched into this. So have an idea of how to manage your own mental health. Have an idea how to reach out to people, colleagues in distress. Um, I, I think it's important to have discussions within your teams uh, about the pressures that people are under at the moment and to be able to be sensitive and aware and compassionate 
to our colleagues and reach out? How would you reach out? Just just give some thoughts to that. Also, have an idea as to how you can make your workplace more mentally healthy. It, um, it's a management responsibility, but it's everybody's responsibility. And, you know, we would want to hope that we have a, a culture whereby everybody works together on this. Um, I, I think my experience over the years is we all know this. Relationships, the, the biggest issue for stress and anxiety at work, uh, along with workloads uh, and, and various uh, home pressures that, uh, you know, you've got stress at work and home pressures, but it's relationships. And the relationships with your manager is absolutely imperative. I always say, again, step back, work on the relationship with your manager because it benefits you if it's a good one. And and all relationships are two-way. Of course, the manager has responsibility to manage properly, but uh, you have a, uh, you would do well to, um, to take some time and consider how best to, to manage the relationship with your manager so you can get the best out of that. It really, it really does uh, matter. Well, I think we all thought we now know that compassionate leadership is, is the right way forward. It's um, to consult, to be inclusive, to talk to people, uh, to, to, um, to have a, a compassionate leadership style. I, I recall the NHS uh, not too long ago where we for sure had a bullying and harassment culture and occasionally it raises its head with the Care Quality Commission identifying a bullying and harassment culture. And what that does, it affects people's mental health, well-being, morale, and productivity uh, depletes. So what you need is good, compassionate leadership. Um, and again, a number of management training courses will, will um, unpick this and provide uh, the ways to do that. But it really is about um, giving out, talking to people, being genuinely interested in how people are, uh, and uh, being flexible. Uh, and, and try to work out a relationship with your work colleagues whereby you can get the job done, but also do it in such a way that you would have job satisfaction. Um, at the, w- one of the um, areas I think it's worth just spending a little bit of time on for good mental health well-being at work is resilience and how resilient we can be ourselves um, and what we can do uh, with, for ourselves to help with the, the pressures um, and the first one is, is self-kindness. Um, just be kind to yourself because um, if we can't do that, we've lost, we've lost the way forward, really. It is about being kind to yourself, reflecting on the positive things going on in life, reflecting on your achievements, thinking about the good things that you've done, um, and, and be kind to, to yourself. We, we really want to be kind to other people and we do know the more you give out to people the more you will get back with one or two exceptions but that, that is the case i think it is great we know it's great for our own mental health well-being if we are giving to people uh, and we are quite generous um to people with our time and our thoughts um you get quite a lot back from that um it, it, mindfulness is a a really good technique mindfulness is about um just spending time thinking uh, and reflecting on, on the current, on the present. You know, uh, it's limit the amount of that you worry about for the future, worry about the past. There's no, you don't have control on that, but you do have control on, on the present time. And it's just reflecting um, um, and, and just giving some time to um, think about the, uh, your own mental health and how you're feeling. Uh, it's really, really important. Again, there's so many resources online about mindfulness, but it is about being aware of yourself and your own um, 
frailties, your own weaknesses and your own strengths. It's really important. And when we're really busy, really busy at work and at home, we don't do that. So it's time to sort of meditate, whatever form of meditation you quite like, just to think, give yourself some time to reflect on, on how you are. Um, resilience is around uh, cope better with adversity because we all have adversity. And I think when we're feeling more depressed and anxious, we tend to catastrophize things. We tend to make things bigger than they really are. Um, and resilience is, is really reflecting on that and having some techniques and strategies to when adversity comes your way, which it will do on a daily, weekly basis, uh, you cope better with adversity. Take more personal initiative and responsibility. It's really just about not blaming others and blaming the system or blaming the government. And, you know, yes, there's time where we, we need to do that and, it, and it's right and proper that we do. But um, again, it's about what you can control and you can control your own personal initiatives and responsibilities uh, and, and take them. Be less fearful of mistakes. So this is all about resilience. Be less fearful of mistakes and being rejected. <clears throat> that is a cause of much anxiety and much difficulty. Um, and uh, we all make mistakes, be less fearful of them, uh, and uh, being rejected. And it's inner strength to cope with that sort of thing. Sometimes that just needs to, again, to step back and consider how you might do that. Um, more emotional intelligence. People that are good at resilience uh, have got good emotional intelligence. You know, you hear people say, have you read the room? Do you look, look in a room with, with people, with your team colleagues, are you aware of how people are feeling, what they're saying, what they might mean, what they're saying? Uh, and it's just uh, considering that um, to help them and you going forward. Um, because you want, a, you want a good, happy, compassionate work culture because then productivity, everybody benefits with that. Um, and uh, people that are good at resilience generally are happier and they're more optimistic. It's worth just again reflecting on that. You know, you hear the, the term people got their cup is half full or half empty. <clears throat> I tend to be quite a positive person. Um, not everybody can be, but it, uh, it, we do know that a positive, optimistic outlook is, is better for one's, generally for one, how, how people are feeling. So it's worth giving that some consideration. Um, and give yourself encouragement. Um, uh, you, you know, praise yourself when you do things well. Um, take good care physically and emotionally. I, you know, the, 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 one of the themes of this podcast is about the importance of mental health well-being, but it's the physical aspect as well. Keep active, look after your physical health because they're both absolutely dependent on, on each other. So take good care of yourself physically as best you can. Have, get some time for that during the day and uh, also consider your, your emotional well-being as well. Um, so on the issue around compassionate uh, leadership and what organisations can do. 58% um, of days lost due to ill health um, for the economy, for the work sector across the board, is lost to people with mental health problems. So it is, it is, it is the biggest form of sickness and absenteeism. It's people with mental health problems. So um, that, that's another reason why it's absolutely essential to take um, this really seriously. From an organisational point of view, from a team point of view, running teams, I'll be talking to managers and uh, senior teaching staff here <clears throat> that have teams of people you will want uh, to keep people at work. The other issue to be very aware of is what we call presenteeism. That's people at work with a depression or anxiety in the main, but they're not feeling well um, in terms of their mental health well-being. 
if you ignore that and people stay at work and ignore the mental health problem, then presenteeism means that, you know, the productivity will go down. They won't cope well at work, so they just need a bit of help, need some encouragement, and they might need a bit of time off or a bit more of a flexible, a flexible approach. There was a report out a few years ago called Thriving at Work, and um, it, it, it's, it's uh, written by Paul Farmer, chief executive of Mind, and a, and a banker called Lord Dennis Stevens, and it's worth a quick look. Thriving at Work, and um, it, 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 it's... Um, Big headline is the, the cost of the economy if we don't look after people's mental health bill well-being at work. If you split that down to organisations, it really is quite significant. So there's um, not only a good reason for us personally and for our colleagues and our family, f- family and friends, there's a good business need for it. Um, it, it it's, it's advisable to have a, a culture whereby you have mental health at work plan. So like you would have... Um, equality, diversity, inclusion, you'd have a policy around disabilities, you should have a, a, a plan around the mental health well-being of your staff at work, mental health awareness, uh, 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 um, and encourage mental health awareness of your employees and your colleagues is really important. Open conversations around about mental health issues, paramount importance, that's the foundation of good mental health well-being at work that we would encourage open conversations about mental health. It's no longer, we, we really mustn't be a hide behind the stigma and the fact that mental health is taboo. That's history, although stigma does exist, but we really must have a culture whereby we could be open about our mental health issues and talk positively about, about those uh, in the work situation. You want good working conditions. Uh, you, you know, it's all, the, what matters is the condition, the, the estate, the building. Um, good ventilation, all the very basics. Uh, the people have proper breaks uh, and, and they take their holidays. And I know it's been difficult during this particular time around the pandemic, but people haven't taken as much holiday. We've had to really encourage people to take the holiday. And uh, we know, certainly within the health system, and, and we know that to be true in the education, people are exhausted, staff are exhausted, and that doesn't help with mental health well-being. So we need to address that with with an organisation. What do we do about that? Well, all these things are really helpful. Um, effective people management, um, you know, f- train our managers, make sure that our managers and leaders have the skills to, to manage in a compassionate, modern way, uh, because that will be enormously helpful. Uh, monitor employee mental health well-being uh, in, in a routine way, just to keep uh, data on that. Uh, training for all managers, and I think um, uh, just to, to repeat again that the compassionate management uh, culture is definitely the right. We, we, we now know for sure. Well, I, I'm seeing, you know, I, I've been in the NHS for, for many, many years. And I do remember it being very much target driven uh, and driven by uh, standards and anybody having to work hard in order to do that. And bullying and harassment not being, it was fairly commonplace. And I've seen it change um, to really inclusive, inclusivity, uh, consulting staff and brigade staff where there's leadership skills around compassion, knowing where we want to go. And, and I've seen a big shift in that, which is re- really good. Um, there is, of course, mental health first aid. Organisations can have a, a, a look at. Uh, it, very good. Um, but basically, we have colleagues, you work colleagues at work, who are trained in uh, aspects of mental health. When a colleague uh, is suffering from usually depression or anxiety, they have somewhere to go. 
not it do it in the line management arrangement, somebody slightly independent. It's a really good system and, and works very well. We're, we need good human resource practice. So our HR colleagues are paramount important to this and they would to take the mental health well-being really seriously. Uh, and of course, where you've got an occupational health department, they can be uh, really crucial and really effective indeed. And the occupational health department should have policies and procedures around mental health well-being of staff, as well as the physical well-being of staff. Um, staff, uh, in a lot of places you have staff where they have access to peer support. So somebody uh, in, in as a peer to them who has had problems with their mental health in the past, that, that can be really important. And if, you, if, you're, if you're open as an organisation about um, who is, is uh, uh, available and, and wants to be there for help for mental health wellbeing discussion, then that's great. So peer support. Um, encourage people to do mindfulness, take a bit of time during the day just to sort of reflect on how uh, one is. And I can't, again, it, it, it stress the importance of physical activity, whether that's just walking during the day, running and having your aerobic exercise, going to the gym, whatever you do, um, you know, it's really important to have a bit of time uh, outside, away from the pressures, uh, getting some physical activity um, is really, really important. We know there's a direct correlation, correlation between poor sleep and poor mental health well-being. The importance of sleep, it's, it's, an, it's an area on its own worth considering. If you do have trouble in sleeping, there's a lot of help out there. Uh, and, it, and if it's fairly severe, go and see your GP, talk, talk to them. Uh, about that, there are specific, there are specialist sleep clinics that can help, but uh, that would be to, to the extreme. But the importance of sleep and resting, uh, you know, regularly is is really really important. Um, and I suppose the other practical thing is this is all about if people are stretched, what's the effect on its mental health well being? Well, step back, talk to your manager. What's stretching? It's probably your workload, probably very stresses that are going well, and try to practically have some plans and tactics to just release the pressure because it's just the equation. If you, if you keep having the pressure at work and if you keep being stretched, then there's going to, that's going to have an effect on your body physically, mentally, or, or both. Uh, so if you can, um, do something about the, the daily routine where you are less stretched and of course have a conversation about your manager about that. And I'm sure it usually is, uh, some things that you can do. I think finally, um, it's really important as an organisation and employees within the organisation to think about our colleagues that have disadvantages because of the race or the gender. You know, so people from a black and minority ethnic community have suffered more with uh, during during COVID. Um, uh, that there there are extra sensitivities around coming from marginalised groups. So have a think about that. And I think as employers, it's important to have a inequality, diversity, inclusion set of uh, policies to help with people from a black and minority ethnic communities and also people um you know be, be very open and have a good culture around uh lgbtq um it, I, I can't stress the important the, the the value of um staff black and minority ethnic groups uh staff lgbtq forums whereby people can uh, speak openly about their own issues um, so we have proper equality and people can get as good access from marginalised groups as anybody else would. That's really important, both from an individual point of view, but also from an organisational point of view. So that's uh, the, uh, the whistle-stop tour of uh, 
uh, looking after the mental health well-being in the workforce is of paramount importance and there's lots we can do about it both individually and from an organizational perspective so thank you very much for listening thank you sean and thank you to our listeners for joining us if you like what you hear please follow us on all of our socials twitter facebook linkedin and instagram if you're interested in a career with us or want to speak with us please visit our website for professionals at www.linslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers i'm greg d thank you for tuning in